Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how is it going? Going all right, Nick. How are you? I'm doing all right. I have seen three movies this week. It is lunchtime upstairs and they are letting us know. Oh, I saw one movie this week and (laughs) nobody's eating lunch here, so we'll just starve. Oh, what movie did you see? I saw The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. Oh, never even heard of that. It's an HBO movie. Okay. What did you Uh, see? I saw The Lost City of Z, or Zed, depending on what country you live in. Because it's a British character, I assume it's supposed to be Zed. And I watched a movie called Hesher from 2010 and Upgrade from 2018. Hey, all right. See, eventually I'll get to these movies you recommend. Finally, I was just bracing myself for another crappy DC animated movie. (laughs) <laughs> i guess i'll start yeah, since i've seen so many I, I can throw in a, a preview corner somewhere in here but yeah you should definitely go first okay so i guess i'll begin with hesher because i don't really have a whole lot to say about this movie it's from 2010 it's directed by spencer susser it stars joseph gordon levitt natalie portman And the main character is this young person named Devin Brochu. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right. But basically, the plot of this movie is this this kid who's either 9 or 15. It's very unclear. He's supposed to be in high school, but he's so small. He has recently come back to school following the death of his mother his mom died in a bad car accident he broke his arm and his dad is in like a horrible down spiral of crippling depression and they're living with their with his mother now and the kid is dealing with this horrible bully at school and just overall just just terrible his his life is just this downward spiral of horribleness he for whatever reason comes in contact with joseph gordon levitt's character Uh whose name is hesher and he's this real dirtbag kind of a guy what what isn't really clear is the time period that this takes place in uh i believe it's supposed to be the mid to late 80s it's difficult to say but the the entire soundtrack is old metallica and motorhead and this hesher character his whole life is he's like a headbanger guy who's just a dirtbag and he's a he's crude and gruff and he's got this beautiful long hair that if it's a wig, it's the best wig I've ever seen. But I don't I don't know when Joseph Gordon-Levitt had a chance to grow his hair out. But he's covered in these terrible tattoos that just scream, look how much I don't care. You know, like, I don't even care what my tattoos look like. And for whatever reason, he's in this high school with this kid. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like pushing 40 as far as like how old he actually is but it's not clear if he's just hanging out in this high school or if he's actually in high school the kid somehow gets him thrown out of the house that he's what's it called when when homeless people are staying somewhere they're not supposed to squatting 
squatting. Yeah, he's squatting in some house and the kid gets him thrown out. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt moves into his house because he says he is. It's it's very confusing. It's very convoluted. What made you want to watch this movie, if you don't mind me asking? It was there. <laughs> we, were like, oh, okay. we were like scrolling through the list and we were like, you want to watch this? No. What about this? No. Well, what about this? Whoa, look at this poster. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has such gigantic pecs. What? Is that Natalie Portman? It is. All right, let's check this out. And that was basically the conversation. And so Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character moves into this kid TJ's house against the kid's will. Like he just forces himself in there and like threatens the kid constantly. I mean, like to sexually assault him, to murder him. And there is a good while while you're watching this movie where you're not sure if the Hesher character is a figment of this kid's imagination uh-huh. and it's not. Are, are there like, parents responding to the fact that this guy's showing up in their house? Not really. The dad who's played by Rain Wilson is taken aback to this guy, but he's heavily medicated and I don't think he's really all there. He's, he's really dealing with a lot. And the grandmother is kind of senile, but, but she's very nice. And for whatever reason, Hesher and the grandmother really bond. They develop this like strange bond where they just really enjoy each other's company. Uh It's such a, this is such a bizarre movie. I don't know if it's good, but it is phenomenally well acted. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is terrific in this movie. Natalie Portman is in it for some reason. I mean, they could have eliminated her character completely and the the movie really wouldn't have changed too much. But she's quite good in the movie, even though she's supposed to be playing. uh, It's difficult to say if she's supposed to be playing like a 20-year-old or like a 35-year-old person. And... It really gets messed up because the main character, this this younger guy, the TJ character, really looks like he's under 10 years old, but he's in high school. So your your concept of how old people are is all over the place. But the acting is terrific. The the main character, the the TJ character, played mm-hmm. by Devin Brochu, he is just terrific. There are a couple moments where you're like, oh yeah, he's still a kid actor. But for the most part, you are totally on board with this kid. And like I said, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fantastic. Rain Wilson's very good in this very subdued role. The grandmother is really good. You really believe everything that's happening. While we were watching it, uh, it's kind of long. Like It really feels its length. It's it's only an hour 45, I think. Mm-hmm. But, but it feels long. Like While you're watching it, you're like, boy, I... I don't really want to watch this anymore. You get the feeling of when you're watching that movie Gummo, where everything is gross and all the people are disgusting, and you're just kind of like, uh, it's a movie that just makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's kind of the point of it. Uh And when we first started talking, I was putting these movies on my list and I really couldn't decide where to put this movie and whether or not I would recommend it. And I would say that I, I recommend checking this out just because of the acting is so very well done it's shot pretty well i think the movie thinks it's more important than it is which i I don't know if that makes sense like it feels a little pretentious but it's done really well and it's kind of a shame that 
I had never heard of this before last night because it's quite well done. And the guy who directed it apparently was the one of the writers for the first Saw movie. He and James Wan have worked together for years. This is just like one of this guy's projects. And it's really worth checking out, I think. It's very odd. You're going to feel gross the whole time. And I think at the end, you may feel like me where you're like, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, I think I might pass on that, <laughs> but I, I can I can appreciate that it it can be good and disturbing, but I, I don't think I'll uh, be in the mood for what you know in that mood to be to feel that gross feeling for a while. Yeah, I don't ever want to see it again, but but I'm glad I did. Huh. So yeah, Hesher. H e s h e r. It's from 2010, which is crazy. It's like 10 years old. Yeah, that does, that totally doesn't ring a bell at all. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. If you if you come across it, check check it out if you've got some time to kill. All right. Everyone in everyone in the world. <laughs> Especially our friends in Brazil. Yes. Where we're number 4 for film reviews. And I guess that's all I have to say about it. I don't I don't think I really have too much more to add. Okay. Do you want to do your preview corner? Yeah, sure, why not. This is a uh special preview corner cuz I wasn't actually in the theater. Uh, uh-huh. so I saw a, in this list of previews, it was all action previews. First, there was a movie that I, I pretty quickly decided was not Jumanji. <laughs> but like for the first two seconds, I was like, are, is this a third Jumanji? Are they, are they coming out with a third Jumanji before the second one's out? But no, The Rock is in another jungle movie called Jungle Cruise. Oh, yeah, it's like the remake of The African Queen. Or it's a movie based on the Jungle Cruise ride at Disney. Which is based on The African Queen. Is it? Yeah. Oh, are you serious? I am. Oh, I, did, I, did, I thought you were completely kidding there. Um, I've never told a joke. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> well, <laughs> in this movie, it looks like there's they're poking fun at the ride in a way. Like there are things that are like popping up out of the water that are mechanical. There's uh this kind of uh, the segment before the rock shows up. There's a lot of showing who I thought was Kate Winslet doing kind of Indiana Jones stuff, and I'm like, wow, Kate Winslet's really attractive i've I've never really looked at her and and seen her quite as as attractive as she looks right now she's aging brilliantly and then towards the end i was like oh wait this is emily moss <laughs> no shade on kate winslet i'm sure she's beautiful too but i was sitting there going she seems like she's getting younger <laughs> And she is a different person. <laughs> but anyway, The Rock and Kate Winslet are in this movie. Or not Kate Winslet. Emily Blunt are in this movie. It does kind of look this way. Like, Emily Blunt's an adventurer. And The Rock must be kind of doing this fake cruise thing. Just as a way to make money off a of stupid tourists or something. But then he ends up needing to kind of show for her down this river to get to some sort of Indiana Jones-style MacGuffin. So anyway, I don't know if it looks good or not, because I spent the whole time trying to figure out who the woman was. <laughs> um, <laughs> then I saw a preview for Bat- I get, Well, before you, before you move on, I guess I should say that the Jungle Cruise is inspired by the African Queen. Look that up while we were talking, did you? I didn't. I just didn't want to interrupt you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. I feel <laughs> like I saw the African Queen once, and I just don't remember it. 
I watched it like a couple years ago for this show, and it's pretty good. Was there a hippo and a giant snake? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so it's based on it in that there was a boat on a river. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, then I saw a preview for Bad Boys for Life, which is uh, Bad Boys 3. Yeah. And it looks every bit as uninteresting as the first two, which I have mm-hmm. seen and did not enjoy. I've never seen the Bad Boys movies. They are darker than you expect mm-hmm. and less fun than you expect. And mm-hmm. yeah, and this one just looks like everything they could pack into the preview is just not even really jokes. And it's all half jokes about them being old. And that's it. Mm. Just them saying they're old a lot. And then young cops singing the bad boys song. And then Will Smith and who's the other guy? Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Will Smith and Martin Lawrence being like, no, no, no. You can't sing that. And that's it. It's really, it looks super uninspired. Speaking of super uninspired, the next preview was for Top Gun 2. Oh, Avery. I <laughs> No. <laughs> I can't wait to see this. I could totally wait forever. Oh, God. Uh, I mean, it looks terrible, but I was like, I am on board. Why? Like, what? Because it, looks- it doesn't. It, 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 why don't you just watch Top Gun again? Because it looks like they're saying, hey, we're going to have each scene from Top Gun, but older. Uh huh. Exactly. What? You want to see that? Yeah. And he flies like an F 18 or an F 22 or something in this movie. Oh, in well. addition to the F 14. If anybody's wondering the plot, here's what I've got. Maverick hasn't gotten promoted much, but he rides a motorcycle and sings, I hope this movie bombs. And that was it. (laughs) Then I saw a preview for The King's Band, which I've seen different previews for a couple times. This must be like the the third one. Still have no idea what the plot is. It's uh, it seems to be a prequel and they completely rip off the Wonder Woman shot of the guy being kicked through the wall. It just man, none of these movies looked good. And then there was a movie called Underwater, which I had called Sub Movie until it actually told me what the preview title was. And it's got Kristen Stewart in it and there's something coming from the bottom of the ocean. Oh, no. monsters of some sort and by the oh, end no. of the preview i was kind of intrigued i was like all right i don't know if this is going to be like the abyss or deep star six or what but what is deep star six deep star six move about a crab monster oh <laughs> you don't really you don't really know that till the end but yeah it's uh, it's a monster movie. It, it, Deep Star Six, if I remember right, was actually pretty decent. I know I saw it once, maybe within the last fifteen years after uh-huh. seeing it when I was a kid, and it didn't. I wouldn't say it held up perfectly, but it was like okay, yeah, no, this is still decent. This isn't a batteries not included situation. <laughs> so this one, I don't know. I, I I don't even know what I think of Kristen Stewart at this point because she's been in a lot of different stuff, and I'm sure she's more talented than the Twilight movies would have you believe. Of which I think I saw one, but mm-hmm. but yeah, that that I might find out about Underwater, and that's it. That's all the that's all the preview corner. Oh, okay. so so you know, shout out to Big Ticket in Florida and all the people in Brazil who like Preview Corner. All right, so then I guess I'll talk about the Lost City of Z Perfect. or or yeah. the Lost City of Z because that's how they say it in the 
movie, but we're America. So this movie is directed by James Gray. It stars Charlie Hunnam, Robert Pattison, Sienna Miller, and Tom Holland is also in this movie. This movie, when I started watching it, I did not realize was based on a true story. And I just thought it was going to be a movie about adventures in South America, like an Indiana Jones-ish style adventure movie and the first 45 minutes or so are basically the plot of that movie i watched uh, a couple months back called agira the wrath of god that Werner herzog movie okay yeah it's much the same as that except that they condense that whole movie into 25 30 minutes unlike the klaus kinski's crew charlie hunnam's group makes their goal and then they return to england as uh, heroes these, these famous explorers. And basically, the, the story continues from there, where, where Charlie Hunnam becomes obsessed. He plays this character named Major Percival Fawcett, or Percy Fawcett, and he becomes obsessed with discovering this lost civilization in Bolivia slash Brazil. On their first expedition, he finds signs of civilization like like broken pottery and things of that nature and his second in command is played by robert pattison who is fantastic he's really good in this movie and i i really haven't seen robert pattison in much and like you i think i saw half of a twilight movie and i was like oh this is the twilight guy and like i know he's the new batman and stuff and after watching him in this movie i was like i'm kind of excited for this dude's batman yeah he doesn't play a batman-ish character at all but he's he's really good and also isn't isn't he american no no he's he's not british oh he is okay all right well then he does a great british accent (laughs) (laughs) it's a um, real natural yeah um but he's he's terrific in this movie the the main guy charlie hunnam is pretty bland his but his character doesn't really have a whole lot to do he he just does like a lot of looking off in the distance and exploring stuff so like i said he becomes obsessed with finding this city but then he gets drafted back into world war one so there's this world war one sequence and that's that's when i found out that this was based on a biography because i'm like what does this have to do with the story and i'm like <laughs> oh it's because that's what happened to this guy <laughs> just like i guess we're just gonna take a 30 minute detour into world war one it's interesting and the movie takes place over a period of i want to say 30 years and it starts with his son jack is a young boy and it ends with jack as a young man going on an expedition to find the city with his dad and tom holland plays his grown son this movie is uh okay uh i was pretty disappointed in it it seems like it wants to be better than it is and it just never quite makes it it looks fantastic it's shot very well but the the story itself is just kind of bland okay and like a lot of the stuff that happens is feels a little cliched even though they they do try some new things and like i said it's based on stuff that actually happened so it's that's 
why it's in it. After watching the movie and then finding out it was based on somebody, I read into this guy a little bit more. Apparently, they really Hollywood up the story where while you're watching the movie, you're like, wow, this is like a great guy. He believes in equality for everyone and what he's really into like the reason he's so interested in finding this lost city is because it proves that there are advanced civilizations in the world outside of europe and the royal geographic society that he belongs to which finances many of his journeys they have that early 20th century mindset of if they're not white they're not right you know, yeah. and so like everyone who isn't white is a savage, and everyone who twenty nineteen red hat, yeah, exactly, mentality. yeah. He kind of rails against that idea throughout much of the movie, and you're like, oh, this guy seems like kind of a good guy. And then I read his Wikipedia, and apparently he's he was kind of a bigot in real life. So like after reading that, after watching the movie, you're like, oh, well, now I don't know how to feel about this guy. Mm. So I like the movie version of him better because he seems more of a, a good person. Good person, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, take Wikipedia for, for what it is, you know. I didn't really do a whole lot of research. But the story itself, as far as a film, is it's, it's you know, it's pretty well told. It's just not very interesting. It's long. It's really slow. At the end, you really, I'm trying not to spoil anything, but like at the end, you don't really know what happens. Okay. You spend like so much time at the end with these guys and you're like, well, what's about to happen? And then they don't actually show you because no one knows what happened. And that's so, kind of interesting for a, a biography story. Yeah. Now, so that's, that's basically what happens. And then I was like reading into it and someone made a comment on IMDb. Like I was reading some of the IMDb reviews and one person said, I think a more interesting story would have been the search for this guy because so many people went searching for this guy and his expeditions to come back with different stories. And so like what could have been a more interesting story is different interpretations of what happened on the journey. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, that does sound like a much more interesting story where you could really explore different aspects of this guy's personality based on who we're telling the story from. So you could you could play up that he wasn't such a great guy in one story and then in another story, he's an angel. I thought that was interesting and and a missed opportunity. But overall, this this movie was pretty okay. I'm not sure if I can recommend it or not, so we'll find out at the end of the episode because I'm still trying to decide, but I definitely watched it. Well, let me ask you this. In terms of the Robert Pattinson Batman thing, what's got you thinking that it'd be good? Is it just that he he does a good job or is there something in the character that's like, I don't know, would be a Batman quality that you'd want to see on uh, screen? There's just something about him as an actor where where when he was on screen, he's very captivating. Okay. I was more interested in him than I was in the main character. He's just a good guy in the movie. Like, he's not like a, a conniving guy or anything like that, nor is he very interesting. He and the Charlie Hunnam character, they're just on the same page the whole time. Uh-huh. And like that, that was cool. Like there's this one part where they, they get into this argument and you're on Robert Pattinson's side. You're like, he's absolutely right. You have to, you have to turn back. You cannot, this expedition is over. And uh, Charlie Hunnam is like, I can't, you know, this, this can't be. And Robert Pattinson's like, it's over. 
deal with it. And you're like, that's right, Robert Pattinson. It is over. Let's go home before we're all dead. And you're just like, I enjoy this guy. And he has like this screen presence where you're like, I could see him as a Batman. He seems a little short to be Batman. He doesn't seem like a tall person, which is my Batman is like probably six two and he he looks like he's five five or five six especially next to charlie they've been making tom cruise look like a normal sized person for decades yeah but like maybe charlie hunnam is just crazy tall and it and it throws everything off possible too yeah that's really all i got to say about that it was long i watched it with my son who was like paying attention half of it half of the time and then playing with his toys the rest of the time and my wife came home from where she was and she goes how was your move on my son goes it was boring mommy <laughs> I was like, yeah he's not he's not wrong he's not wrong it is kind of boring but kind of interesting so i'm torn well is that it for the lost city of zed then that is the lost city of zed all right. Well, uh, I guess I should go next in, and we'll we'll end it out on uh, on upgrade and find yeah. out what Nick thinks of this movie. Uh huh. Drum roll with the oh, I can hear the tone. <laughs> <laughs> the inventor. The full title of this is the inventor out for blood in Silicon Valley, and it's a documentary about a woman named Elizabeth Holmes, who said that she had invented. And, and got money to create something that they were calling the Edison. She started a company called Theranos, which uh, oh. was uh, is a combination of therapy and diagnosis. And these sorts of like combined two names to come up with a name thing happens a lot. <laughs> like there are things called nanotainers, which are uh-huh. small containers. For blood, I emphasize that they're not that creative because this woman's so goddamn proud of herself. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. uh, so. So this is another fire fest type movie where you're watching a con job happen yeah. and then kind of seeing how it eventually folds. Which I think these movies are really popular right now because there's so much of that happening with you know the Trump Mind- mindset. Well, the 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 people like the. Uh, it's not coalition, but anyway, his people and him. Anyway, uh, you get to watch this happen with another company. It's similar to the Firefest stuff because you get to see a lot of buy-in on the front end and people just wanting things to be, believing what they want to believe. Yeah. And kind of like it, there are a lot of places where they're like, she didn't actually explain much. <laughs> she didn't actually answer questions and there are recordings of her and and quotes and stuff and she's actually interviewed straight up in the movie or at least it's edited in a way that it seems like she was interviewing for the movie could be cuts from something else but she doesn't there are a lot of moments where she doesn't say anything really but people are like wow and i guess she was following Thomas Edison's pattern this was something that he did which was to say he had already invented something and to get other people bought into it, like literally to like have them like buy stocks and things like that so that they're invested in pushing it along mm-hmm. until with it in mind that he was going to be able to create the thing. And so it's, you know, I guess it's not a con job where they never plan on actually making the product, but they're making all sorts of promises. She's making all sorts of promises that aren't going to happen but she hopes they will. I mean, it does seem like throughout the movie, they are trying to create this Edison box thing that was supposed to show up at Walgreens and 
test your blood for hundreds of different diseases in like a matter of minutes for, you know, next to nothing in terms of cost. Maybe some of this is that I had heard about her before I watched the movie. But as I'm watching, I'm like, man, I do not see what people find so charismatic about her. Other than she's proud of herself, there's not the charm that other people would have. You know, sometimes you see people get conned and you're like, well, it's that smile. (laughs) You know, they just, here's what they fell for. With this Mm -hmm. woman, I'm not sure. I I guess they just fell for greed. You know, she sounded confident that they were going to be able to do this. Maybe it's the idea itself because it does sound like it's something good. You know, like this is going to be the best way to do this. It's going to be technology that makes this stuff so much cheaper and more accessible to everybody. So so maybe it's it's a bit of that too. They do kind of make make it implied in a way that she has charm over like older men. I don't think anyone in the movie said anything about her using any sort of sex appeal or or being seen in a sexualized way by anybody, but it seems kind of implied at times when they're talking about her appealing to like older men or maybe it's more of like a granddaughter appeal thing but like these guys are trusting her and putting tons of money into her they also show people that there's like a montage of like people who had her on their shows or endorsed her and like in that is like joe biden at some point being like wow this is the best thing ever and not only is she creating such a wonderful product, but it's going to be so much less expensive and so much better than everything else. There is a lot of cheating going on to make it kind of do the things that the machine is supposed to do, but it gets ridiculous. Okay. So this movie starts out pretty slow and not very engaging and gets gradually, very, very gradually (laughs) more interesting (laughs) As you go, there's a point maybe about halfway through where they start talking about the machine itself. And they're like, man, there's blood all over the place. This thing's like getting dirty and breaking and things are spinning out of control. And so there's like, it just it's just a total mess. But then there were people who would come in to do like a demonstration. And so like, Nick, if you had to do this, if you were trying to sell something that tested blood... And then uh-huh. some of your investors were like, we want a demonstration. Right. How would you try pulling it off? Oh, well, do I actually have a product or am I still trying to scam people? You're still scamming people. Okay. Well, I guess I'd ask for a blood sample. Uh-huh. And then, because that's easy to do. And right. And we, we take their blood and then somehow, sleight of hand style, switch it out for a fake vial of blood or, or something that contains blood a blood looking substance so that when it's in this fake machine, it looks like it's doing something. Okay. Okay. So you, you kind of kept in mind, like they would want to see the machine work, right? They went about this the other way. (laughs) They were like, what we're going to do is we're going to take their actual blood, slide it into the machine, take them out to lunch, (laughs) have the people who already do blood tests, do the blood test with normal procedures in like fast forward and then bring them back from lunch and be like, oh, look, here are your results coming out of the machine. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. <laughs> they did do some things to try to make it more convincing, but there are a lot of places like throughout the movie where they're like, we got special permission from like 
Walgreens to postpone something or to be allowed to do something ahead of schedule that nobody else would be allowed to do or without proving something different states that they get to, to allow them to present or make claims without proof while they like kept biding time to try to get their shit together. And they would continue to use like other pieces of equipment to try to seem legit. Like they would do some blood tests, but they kept making it sound to people like they were doing it with this machine that they invented. What they'd basically be doing is using normal state of uh, like standard equipment. It's interesting to see those things, but I, I got to say like most of the stuff that feels worth remembering is from the second half of the movie. So, so if you feel like you, you want to check this out, I'd say be prepared to like kind of be distracted a bit through the beginning, but also do wait it out for the second half. Cause that's where you're going to see more of the stuff. That's pretty interesting where any of the like drama happens or the funny stuff that you like, they start getting paranoid and getting all these like bodyguards and stuff. And then people start trying to like do whistleblowing things or share in a way that's along the lines of whistleblowing. Like if they get fired, they might make a complaint or share some sort of secret. There's one guy who's like, you know, I work with this stuff every day, <laughs> like how, like knowing a hundred percent how bogus it is. And he's like, but when she would talk to me, I would still get kind of convinced that it works. So there must be something about her. I couldn't see it on the film. Everyone agreed that she doesn't blink and <laughs> it, it seems very true. I mean, they could edit that, but there's definitely no moment in the movie where you see her blink and she's always putting on this fake deep voice. And and if you want to understand what I mean, just think back to Kevin McAllister in Home Alone calling the police and be like card. No, 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 not you the slowed down it. thing, not the slowed down thing. The in the first movie where he's like my name is Murphy, my house is being robbed, <laughs> you know, like uh-huh. send the police now, you know, like whatever he says like it sounds like that. Oh. And I had heard this beforehand, and I thought they were going to say something about it in the movie, and they never actually address it in the movie. So I'm just watching, going, when are they going to say something about this stupid voice she's putting on? And so once the movie was over, I just looked it up on YouTube, you know, to see if I could get a, a clip of her speaking with her regular voice. Now, she's been putting on... One thing this woman does seem to have is, like, whatever delusion she's trying to buy into, she's pretty dedicated to it, and the voice thing is a big part of it. So, there were some reports from other people who were like, yeah, towards the end of a meeting, you know, she just... It was the end of the day, and she ended up dropping the voice for a moment, but there's a recording... Like, she's doing an interview or something, and for, like, half a second, she says three words in a normal voice that sounds, like, comfortable and Mm -hmm. the right pitch, and then, like, drops right back down into this fake voice, and it's it's pretty interesting and convincing in terms of, like, yep, okay, that's definitely not her voice. trying to think if there's anything else really stood out about this. I, I don't think there was anything, in terms of how this documentary set up, the overall building interest in it is good. I mean, it's going in the right direction that it gets more interesting and not less interesting, Mm -hmm. but I think it could be edited down. It's two hours long or just about that and doesn't really need to be. I don't know that all of the stuff that's included 
needs to be there because it feels a bit repetitive. And I know along the way, there are a couple questions where I'm like, well, I would want to know more about that. I, w- I wish they would say more about, you know, one specific kind of dropped line that's still something intriguing. So I, I don't give it a lot of, uh, I wouldn't give it a lot of praise as a documentary. But if you do, if you do like watching these sort of con job disaster stories, I, I think, I think you'd be pretty satisfied okay. it, it is an interesting story overall it's, it just could have been done better i think so that's that yeah i mean i've heard of that woman and from what i understand about her because i didn't really follow it that much it's just that basically it was like this product that was t- of course too good to be true mm-hmm. and all these billionaires bought into it and the reason she got busted is because they never actually released a product so all those billionaires lost their money yeah, and yeah, like they never one... actually finished the the Edison thing, and there were a yeah. lot of people who, once they would hear about it, would go like, "How do how can this work with physics? Like, yeah. you you need more space to be able to do the testing than would fit in this box, and 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 that t- it ends up being exactly the case. It's not something they can actually make happen. You know, she would have gotten away with it if it didn't get so." big if it weren't for those pesky millionaires for those if it weren't for all those billionaires she'd have gotten away with it but like she walks away with like a ton ton of money doesn't she well isn't she she a billionaire because of it i'm sure she's rich there wasn't the the end of the movie too like when when it's time for something to go written on the screen does not say much it's just like she and the second guy who who she like had a relationship with at some point the two of them are being charged with fraud and some other thing and they both pled innocent yeah and i'm like okay well i guess that was in 2017 i guess it must still be going on i don't know because this is a 2019 movie and i did not look that up actually which it might be a sign as to how the movie's not super interesting but yeah. i know when it, when the scroll came up i'm like uh do we have any more information on this so if you're wondering about that sort of stuff i'd say you're not really going to get the answer here i like watched the whole collapse of it but i never really understood like what they were doing other than like i thought it was another for the longest time i thought it was like another lab core or like a place you go to get drug tested and this was just like a different way of doing it and I well, didn't know it had anything to do with uh, diseases and, and stuff. But you, you aren't wrong on the LabCorp thing. Like, that's who they refer to as basically the bad guy. They're like, oh, we want to offer options that are more accessible and less expensive and don't involve needles going in your arm. They make it seem like getting pricked on the finger is just the best thing in the world. So, which I guess, you know, some people really do hate getting shots or getting blood taken. So that's that's true for some people. But they're hyping it up, so they make a huge deal out of it. But yeah, they they do refer to like, yeah, you know, LabCorp sucks, so we're going to kick their asses. Um, And when it comes to things falling apart, it sounds like throughout the entire process, it was was running like a, a house of cards. It's not substantive. It's not actually functioning well. But in terms of it coming out and becoming public, like they they had kept things close to the chest long enough that it wasn't really known until two people in the movie that they highlight in particular kind of brought things to the attention of a journalist. Uh, I don't remember what paper the journalist worked for, but there was some struggling there, you know, and lawyers trying to stop it from happening. But then 
it did all come mm-hmm. out. So the, yeah. So yeah, if you heard like a few grumblings, that might've been cause a few bits of information were coming out, but then it was like, yeah. Oh boom, we can finally say all that stuff. Yeah. For a while, it just felt like billionaires fighting over money with each other, like money fight where Smithers and Mr. Burns are throwing hundred dollar bills at each other. You, you but, do get to see some of those people talk to where it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. you know, I was, I was happy to give her my money. A lot of politicians and big names that are like, Oh yeah, yeah this person. Well, Cause everyone thought they were going to get rich off of it. Richer. Yeah. Like, like you were saying, uh, like greed, greed was everything with this thing. Like no one bothered to do the due diligence because this lady was able to convince them with buzzwords. Yeah. It's a, uh, too good to be true it probably is mm-hmm. well it sounds interesting i might check that out yeah if, if you have the patience to go through the first hour of it then then it's it's worth it all right well then that brings me to the final movie i saw this week which was upgrade from 2018 directed by lee wanell wanell something and it stars logan marshall green and some other people and Logan Marshall Green is your uh, he's your low rent Tom Hardy. Yep. And uh, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried to throw you off earlier with the with a little tone, but but this movie was great. It's good. Spoiler it's alert like, on this movie because we've both seen it, so we might. Yeah. So so yeah. So going forward, the, the, all spoilers, I guess. Sounds like recommend um, from both of us, though. Yeah, I totally recommend it. Like 30 minutes into this movie, I was texting my my dad and my brothers and I'm like, "You guys got to you got to watch this immediately." <laughs> and then they're like, and my brother wrote back. He's like, "Oh, I've seen it. It's fantastic." The only thing I didn't like was like the last 15 minutes. Yeah. The end of the movie, it really falls apart, but I don't care. Yeah, the, you're I, like, I care "Whatever. This this movie knows what it is. It's very self-aware. It's it's tongue in cheek." Yeah. And and it's just kind of meant to be hokey and fun. Yeah. Uh, so when yeah, and so when at the end it gets kind of like cartoony master villain kind of thing. It's like, "Oh, all right, fine. I guess we had to go somewhere." Yeah, this movie's got to end, so uh whatever. What I really liked is that the movie took its time to get established. Like they they do a lot of world building real quick and subtly. Like it starts with Logan Marshall Green working on a car and it feels like it's the middle of the night because it's it's indoors and it's lit by like these neon lights and he gets this car working and he's like oh i love you because it's you know like a muscle car or whatever and he like cracks a beer and then he opens the garage door and it's this bright light comes out and i was like oh man is it like nine o'clock in the morning now and he's just cracking the beer and he just finished working all night and then his wife comes home and in this future car that looks just like did you see the tesla oh the tesla truck the truck from the other day (laughs) yeah it looks just like the tesla truck i was like oh man this movie was uh, ahead of its time by by the time this episode's out on the air this will probably be old news but if you haven't seen the tesla truck demonstration just look up tesla truck window and you'll you'll be able to bring it up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And you can see yeah. the that God, this is the weirdest looking thing. And as Elon Musk is like, this car is indestructible. They basically just throw a ball at the window and it smashes. It's great. <laughs> it's great. I like his response where he's like, oh, that didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> but so like they live in this future where he's a very analog guy in a digital time and his wife works for some robotics company and 
whatever. And he's like, uh, he loves his wife and they go and deliver this car that he's been working on. Oh, because it's the future. Uh, I was reading the internet trivia for it. The movie takes place in like 2050. Oh, I didn't is, realize uh, it was because, supposed to be that far ahead. Uh, well, because somebody pointed out that when he's looking at his wife's records, it shows her date of birth is 2008. Oh. And then I guess at some point she mentions her age. And so they did the math. Okay. So it's supposed to be like 2050 or, or something like that. Anyway, so like everyone, like most of the cars on the road are these future, those Tesla auto drive cars where the, where the car just drives itself. It's yeah. a future car it's that like drives a, itself. like Logan with the self-driving trains. Yeah. And I mean, that's like been a, a thing in movies for forever, but this is done so casually and so well. Yeah. I really appreciated it, but I also appreciated that in addition to the robotic cars on the road there are just other cars too you can sort of feel the timing of it instead of having to worry about details or figure it out yeah or have them say uh, like it is 2050 yeah exactly and so like you know like there there are gas-powered cars still on the road in addition to these supercars that are primarily driven by the wealthy and they establish that there's this class divide without having to talk about it and you know it just does this really good job of world building and then the tone in the movie totally changes when again we're in spoilers when they murder his wife right <laughs> like they, they they take over his car and they cause the car accident and then they murder his wife and you're like wow this is i I feel for this guy. He really loves his wife. And then like he wakes up in the hospital as a quadriplegic and you're like, oh, this is this sucks. And then like we spend 20 minutes with him trying to like manage his life as a quadriplegic. He does and a pretty mom, good job with the he frustration does a fantastic and stuff. job. He's a terrific actor. Well, He's, OK, let's not go too far here. No, no. Let's, I mean, in this, this is movie, a great movie for him. Yes. No, that's what I mean. In this movie, he's a terrific actor. <laughs> I've seen him in other things. And that's, oh, yeah. That yeah no, that's always the case. He's terrific in this movie. There's that, that sequence where his mom is like cutting his beard uh -huh. and he just starts crying. And I was like, oh, man, I really feel for this guy. He's in a really bad place. And it doesn't feel hokey or forced or or any of that stuff. It's just like a very real kind of a moment and they don't drag it out they don't play it up it's just this thing that happens and then and then the story continues and basically the the supercomputer guy comes up to him and he says uh remember that microchip i showed you i can put it in your spine and fix you and he's like he basically just goes all right let's do it <laughs> yeah uh, this was great like the like when the chip takes over and he tries to solve his wife's murder and he goes to that first house and the the robot and his brain starts talking to him. I got a lot of heavy Venom, Venom. vibes, yeah, which doesn't help the Tom Hardy comparison. No, <laughs> no. I don't. I think I like this more than Venom. I, yeah, I mean, like when I, I do want to give this actor credit. I, I I mean, he has been crappy in other things, but in this yeah. movie, he does a great job. And it's not just like it's not like when. And I swear I'm not bashing on Keanu Reeves. I love Keanu Reeves. But when you see Keanu Reeves in something and he's doing a good job, you're like, oh, this movie was built for Keanu Reeves. Uh-huh. No, this I movie totally doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like, oh, they took his strengths and weaknesses and just catered to them. Here it's like, no, this is a pretty challenging role. And yeah. he just does a great job with it. And it, it hits its high notes when the machine or robot, whatever, like takes control physically. 
and he looks surprised yeah. while he's kicking ass. It's it, yeah. I don't know who who else could pull that off, but it looks great and it makes it really fun. Yeah, there's that sequence where where he's fighting that first guy. Yeah. And again, I was reading the internet trivia for it, and there's like that one part where he's fighting the guy, and one the camera work is outstanding oh yeah it's where, very uh it's well it, it, like the center of the frame or the focus of the frame is his head mm-hmm. and we're like moving with his head and it's supposed to like give you that sense of uh, we're out of control with him mm-hmm. but his body is in control and there's one part where the guy he's fighting is gonna punch him in the head and he does this thing where he grabs his chin and slides his head to the side and the trivia explains that as stem who is the the computer in his spine stem sees the punch coming towards his head and he can't control anything above his neck the robot can't control anything above its neck and so he moves his <laughs> head out of the way and i was like oh man that is that is like such a nice little detail and the fact that when it happened in the movie i was like oh that was kind of cool and then when i read what happened Later, I went, oh, man, how well executed is that? That not only did it look cool later, but when I received more information later, it fully explains what's happening. And it really, really makes it make sense. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just done for the sake of looking cool. It was done for a, a reason. It's sort of functional. And the other thing that I really liked is before he knows that stem is there, before stems in his head, it's like his first night in his in his house. And he's going to get like he stands up to walk around and he goes to get a drink. And the way that he walks is so digital. It's so unnatural looking and it's just so perfect. Like it looks like a computer is controlling his his movements. Like he's taking these very specific steps and he goes to pour himself a drink and his arm, you know, like his arm moves up 10 degrees, slide hand over 15 degrees, grab the knob of the bottle, pick up bottle, tilt, pour. He just moves very digital where like you can see his arms are responding to these commands that he's got. But meanwhile, his face is very human where he's just kind of like yeah i'm just pouring myself a drink here but his the way that his limbs and and hands are moving is just so so digital it's uh, outstanding like the the detail the level of details in this movie i loved it it was it was so well done i agree (laughs) (laughs) and and i think when i saw this we followed it up with hardcore henry uh-huh. like uh, a few days later or maybe a week or two later and hardcore henry's got more action going on in it but it's not it doesn't have like the the factor of the stuff that's like as exciting you know it's it's oh, not no, it yeah, doesn't have the quite the fun and and creativity to it no absolutely not i mean hardcore henry was entertaining it was because it was like a non-stop first person kind of experience like he kind of had never seen anything like that but when he's fighting that first guy in this movie and he's telling him to please stay down please stay down please stay down <laughs> and then he, the bad guy gets up and he's got a knife and he goes he has a knife and stems like i can see that now we have a knife too <laughs> just starts stabbing him and he's like why are we stabbing him you know and it's yeah and he's was, just looking at himself like what are my hands doing <laughs> yeah i also like that like stem needs his permission to do stuff and the the movie really falls starts falling apart when he has to go visit the computer hacker like everything after that point it's like the downward slope yeah. but i don't care 
yeah, like that like first in the last 15 minutes kind of didn't happen yeah like the fight with the main guy or whatever i was like this is dumb. why didn't he just sneeze more robots into his face <laughs> like, like, but uh i really enjoyed this movie this was a lot of fun this was a fun ass movie and and i, I really appreciated watching it I, I enjoyed it i wish it had done better because i kind of want I kind of want a sequel because like it wraps up real tidy and I like that it ends on a dark note, but at the same time, I'm like, I kind of want this story to continue, but that's just me being greedy. I want the second act to be longer. Like I don't want to, yes. I don't want a sequel cause he already would understand what's going on. Yeah, I want him yeah. to look confused. I want more interaction with him and STEM. Yeah. And if yeah, it I were t- possible to have yeah. like a, not a prequel and not a sequel, but like an inquel. Where it's like, yeah. here's, here's a chapter you didn't see, and we've yeah. turned that into a whole movie. I'm like, all right, I'm there. Yeah, you know, I 100% agree with you. you. You've said it outstanding. I want that whole movie to be the second act of this movie. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I'd love to be able to go see that in the theater. Yeah. I mean, just the way he reacts and, and talks to that thing is is just so great. Like, I love when he's like, just shut up, leave me alone. And then Stem goes away and he's like, uh, hello. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> and then he can't move his arms and he's like, you told me to go away. And I'm like, well, all right, fine. You can be here. Some of the problems that I have with it are like when the cop comes over and puts that tracker in his pocket or whatever. I don't know. The whole cop subplot could have been removed easily. I don't even remember it. It, it was removed yeah. from my brain. Yeah, it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense. It's just like for filler. And I I also I kind of hate that this was Stem's long-term plan was to get put into this guy. I was like that's kind of stupid, yeah. but again, again, I don't care. I just I don't even remember. I, and and I think this says something to what the highlights really are of this movie cuz the stuff that's not great really isn't great, but the stuff that's great is so great. Um, yeah. but I don't even remember. Does Stem win at the end? He does. Okay. Yeah. The Logan Marshall green guy is fighting Stem and Stem says, if you keep doing this, you'll break your mind. Something, something like that for whatever they, they introduce that. And so basically he breaks his mind. And so then he wakes up and his wife is still alive and he's in the hospital recovering from the car accident, but she's alive and, and he's there. And then we cut back to the real world and STEM has taken full control of his body. And the cop's like, what's, what's going on? And he goes, I gave him what he wanted. And now I get what I want. And, and, and okay. then he just shoots the cop and walks away. I was like, oh, man, that's so dark and terrific. Yeah. Okay. That that sounds right. Because I, yeah, I thought it had sort of a tongue in cheek ending too. you know, kind of like yeah. a, it's got that dark humor. I did notice when the computer guy visits him in the hospital to offer him the computer chip, I did notice that he had the earpiece in his ear. And I was like, ooh, I wonder what's going on with that earpiece. That seems important. But then I noticed everyone in the movie just has like an, like everyone has an earphone. And I was like, oh, maybe it was nothing. And then at the end, it turns out that STEM was just controlling the computer guy and you're like oh oh, that's disappointing but i don't care i don't care like you said that second act is so good that everything else is forgiven completely 
and the first act is quite good too. Like you really get a yeah, you know, establish the world so well that it's it's fine. With with you highlighting that, like I appreciate even more how true that is. Like in terms of world building, but also just in terms of like, oh yeah, you know, I was kind of he was engaging as a character because even though it's a bit of a damper, he, he does a good job of being kind of torn. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of broken down the whole he loves his wife thing i was like well you know i think basically they had sex or something <laughs> like there was this sort of like here's how you know they love each other and i'm like all right fine they love each other uh, they get along and they seem to have fun with each other what i really liked is in the car sequence when when the car accident is coming uh-huh. and they're trying to stop the car but the computer won't let them mm-hmm. there's like this real quick sequence where he sees what's going to happen and he throws her into the seat and puts on her seatbelt. And then the car accident happens and we see the car accident from inside the car and you see him bouncing around the interior. Uh And I was like, wow, that's really well done. Not only is the guy like they established like that he's a hero, like that's his save the cat kind of a moment Uh because he saves his wife. But they also established that this world has real consequences for stuff. Uh, just him banging around inside that car, which is the opposite of last week when I saw that Godzilla movie uh-huh. where Godzilla's kicking this helicopter plane and the people inside are like, oh, that's slightly inconvenient. But this guy, <laughs> this guy's inside the car smashing against the windshield, like cracking the screen and stuff. It's just that, that the weight of the world makes a difference well and and you you seem to be hitting again that they do a lot with a little bit of stuff like it's it's very tightly put together and it's like an hour and a half right something like that yeah it's real quick yeah but and i think that all kind of comes together where it's like they oh man what's the word i'm looking for here in any case it's very efficient where it's like we can kill like three birds with one stone by having a bunch of different things established in this one scene you know, yeah. how he is as a character, how the world is, and the relationship between the two of them in yeah. an exciting car accident. Yeah. So, Upgrade. Definitely check it out Total if you haven't it seen out. it. It's yeah. It was really entertaining. I wouldn't say it's it's a it's a good movie, but it's really entertaining. And like Matt said, that second act is out of this world as far as... Fun. 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 Yeah. All right. So, then that brings us to this week's update of our movie ranking lists. I'll go first because my list is open. I'll start from the top. It's going to be Upgrade. (laughs) So Upgrade is going to go into my number 27 spot underneath the Red Turtle, but above Descent. I'm going to give it three and a half stars, and that's a total recommend. Then the next movie I talked about that goes on the list Did you just say underneath the Red Turtle? Yes. Wow. Red Turtle was quite good. That's solid. That's a solid story right there with four lines of dialogue. So the next movie is The Lost City of Z, which is going to go into my number 48 spot underneath Brotherhood of the Wolf, but above Hellboy 2019. I'm going to give this two and a half stars. And I would, I am going to say I recommend it, but it's a a light. (laughs) I can't say I don't recommend it. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't ever want to see it again. I don't know. I don't. I guess. I don't know. I guess it's a no. I'm going to change it to no. <laughs> it's a no. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't recommend it, but it's not a bad movie. It's just. Yeah. And then the next movie I discussed was Hesher, 
which I'm going to put in the number 54 slot in between Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but above Lego, underneath that Batman movie and above the Lego movie too. Uh, I'm going to give this two and a half stars and I would recommend seeing it just for some of those acting performances alone. They're, they're quite well done. And those are the movies I saw this week. All right. Now, Matt, you also have a list. I do, and I am placing, uh, you're probably just going to want to call this The Inventor, but uh, uh-huh. The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. And I'm going to place it between The Autopsy of Jane Doe and Crawl. Oh, that's up there, isn't it? It's not really. Oh, I'm oh, looking I at the it. stuff underneath it. and it's, uh, it's going into your number 50 spot. Yeah, and that might seem, 50 might be high in your list, but like... 50s kind of like we're getting low we're, we're getting we're getting into the the dividing line between things i enjoyed and things i didn't really enjoy so uh-huh. but it is in the in things i enjoy side of that line and as far as stars go i'm gonna give it two stars two stars okay kind of like you it's like it's a it's a it's not strong one way or another. In fact, I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and say for you, Nick, specifically, go ahead and watch it. <laughs> for the rest of the world, I'm going to give it a very weak not recommend. I guess I'll go with the end then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well then, Matt, have you anything for this week's Midwest Matt Recommends? You know, it's. Uh, I, I think I might have mentioned it before. So, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt. There's a podcast called can he do that that talks about kind of clarifies the limitations and the abilities of of president it's from the washington post and they do some pretty good you know with with trump being the way he is there's so many different things you can talk about (laughs) they do a pretty good job of taking things kind of like the podcast through line or embedded rather they they take a specific story and kind of go like okay we're going to explain this today so if you're into the politics stuff i'd say check that one out can he do that by the washington post okay Hey, I'm going to start a third time. <laughs> and if you have a singing telegram for us. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at thisweekinfilmpodcast.com. Tell us what you saw this week. Or you can we'll, message uh, us on Instagram. Or Facebook or Twitter. We're on all of those things. If you want to get in touch with us, that's how you can do it. But I guess if that is the end of the reel, we'll see you next week in film judge people no that's not right (laughs) judge whatever you want (laughs) we'll see you next week